0: Welcome to the Think It, Make It podcast. We're all about turning your ideas into reality with a CNC router, tips and tricks, new products, interviews with the pros, and much, much more. Whether you're using a CNC for business or hobby, we have great stuff in store for you. Let's get on with the show.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Think and Make It podcast. This is episode number 24. Uh, My name is Eric, and I'm here today with Bobby and Greg. And Bobby's back from his uh, short vacation.
0: We got him. We got him back.
1: And now he is in the hot seat for his project. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Bobby's cornhole project here, at least the beginnings of it. Uh, We were just discussing it for a few seconds before the episode started, and we realized that there are a few different options that he has in front of him that we've we're going to talk through right now. And, and, uh, we'll probably do a follow-up, um, maybe next week or the week after on what the final decision was on, on how to make this work. So, um, all right, Bobby. So right now we're for the, okay, this is another episode where we are also doing a screen record. So you will be able to see the video on YouTube and follow us along. Uh, We're gonna do, again, as as good a job as we can about um, trying to visualize what we're saying as opposed to click here, look at this, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, right now on the screen, we've got a vetric file open with uh, two cornhole boards. Um, Looks like a four by eight sheet of plywood. Each board is roughly, what, 20?
2: 23 and a half by 47 and a half. Okay. So still within regulation.
1: All right, so the concept here is you wanted to do, since we're in Connecticut, you're going to do uh, a state-themed cornhole board? Yep, exactly. Okay. So you're going to, is the goal to have one for every state if this was a business that were to take off, or are you just going to stick with Connecticut for now? On?
2: I'm still going to stay local, like I said, from the get-go. Um, I'm going to keep trying to just sell it local specifically.
1: Um. Okay, so... All right, So what we got now is we got basically one cornhole board has the outline of the state of Connecticut and the other cornhole board has the Connecticut state seal. Now, um, let's talk about the outline first. Uh, the outline of Connecticut is pretty straightforward. Now I assume you picked that image up from like Google images. Exactly. And then you did an image trace on it. Exactly. And now you're running two lines. So there's an outside and inside line. Um, Did the image trace do that, or did you get one outside vector and then do an offset inward?
2: The image trace did that.
1: So the image trace gave you two lines. Okay. Uh, So the first thing we we need to do with that is let's take a look at what's the gap between those two lines.
0: We're going to take our measuring tool here and just pick a nice even spot. It's probably not all the same, but it's probably close. And we're getting
1: about 1.155, so it's a hair inches more than an eighth of an inch. Now, okay, so your the, the ideas that you had here were um, we could V-carve this and you could paint it and then, but you really can't paint it because it's got to have a smooth top. You can't have any lips. So if you did paint it, you would have to uh, do an epoxy pour of clear in order to make it work um so that's one option the other option is you could use the laser attachment and laser the logo on but it's gonna i don't know i guess we i don't think it. that'll
2: pop as much though if kind
1: we of
0: boring use the laser yeah. a laser would be easy but i don't think it would have that cool effect
2: all right
1: so then the other option is you could pocket out a channel and then you could use a colored epoxy and do an epoxy pour and then sand it off and polish it and, you know, do that. So you'd get an outline. And then the last option would be you could do a, uh, an inlay, a wood inlay. So you would actually have a, uh, uh, you would, you would do a V-carve inlay. So on the surface of the board itself, you would have a, a V-carve pocket essentially. And then you would have a plug, a male plug that would also be a V-carved plug that would fit in there. Uh, and then when you're done, you would, you would cut off the excess, um, or use a surfacing bit, surface it off. Now the issue with that, whether you're using an an inlay or epoxy pour, because the plywood you're using plywood, you do not have a lot of material thickness for that top layer. So surfacing it, um, is not something I would probably feel comfortable doing because you're, you're really only dealing with about twenty thousandths of thickness on that outside layer of the plywood. So if there's any deviation on your spoil board across a four foot span, when you zero your job on the top surface, it could be perfect in one corner, but by the time it gets to the other, you're cutting into that or cutting through that top layer of ply. And that's, that's going to not give you a very good outcome. So, If you did a V carved inlay with another piece of contrasting wood, you could use a surfacing bit and bring, bring it down. So you're going to, you're going to surface down the inlaid piece of wood, but I would leave it. I I wouldn't bring the surfacing bit all the way down to the surface of the plywood. I would, I would leave it, you know, I don't know, 32nd of an inch or so above the surface and then use a hand sander to sand it down. Um, If you do an epoxy inlay or an epoxy pour, the epoxy is going to mushroom out of the top of the channel. So that's going to have to be dealt with as well. And again, because of the, I, I wouldn't use the surfacing, but I would, I would again go to a palm sander, probably like 80 grit to 120 to 220, and then go up to like 600 to get it polished. And I think you'll come out with something that looks really nice. It's just going to require a little bit more elbow grease to get the, the detail. Um, Being that, you know, we were trying to do these with as much CNC involvement as possible, the V-carve inlay is kind of a cool idea uh, because it can't be done any other way than with a CNC machine. So that's something you've got to think about. And what I would do, because I'm on vacation next week, so what I would do is I would, uh, you and Greg, maybe set up a file, a test, and with some scrap and play with that and set up a V-carve inlay And there are a bunch of videos, but we'll come back and we'll be able to describe what you guys actually did to get a successful inlay.
0: Yeah, I think Um, that's a possibility. I think the state of Connecticut, the outline here is going to be pretty easy. I think we might run into some issues with the seal here.
1: Well, go back to the outline first because there's There's a
2: couple spots that need to be cleaned up in there that I can actually see now. Yeah, Um, so you zoom in bottom left exactly right there.
1: Okay, so ungroup that right now. Um, so when you use an image trace was, did you use a black and white image? Yeah, I did. Okay. So that's the best thing to do. Now, the other issue when you're doing an image trace is depending on how much noise or how clean that black and white image is, uh, the image trace will put in a lot of extra, um, vector points that it really doesn't need. So what I would do here is, uh, the other thing is you're only 0.155 inches between the two lines. So. That's not really a lot. It's an eighth of an inch, a little over an eighth of an inch. So on something that's two by four feet in overall size, I don't know that there's going to be enough contrast there to give you what you need. I would want to see at least a quarter of an inch or, or maybe that. a third. So what I would offset, do is yeah. delete the inner vector completely and then select that outer vector, do an inwards offset of like 0.3 and uh, click offset. Okay, now delete the outside vector, select the inside vector, do a 0.3 offset outward. Now you're probably wondering why I had you do that. So when you do that, the um, vetric will simplify the node points. So when you go from the original, see how it's a lot smoother now looking than it was before. When you have really jagged image trace and you you um, create an offset inward, it's gonna smooth all that out. And then when you delete the original outside one and then go outward, now you're taking a smooth one and you're copying it essentially, making it a little larger. So that's gonna give you a much better look. Now, near the top, you're, there's a little, um, it. Yeah, there's a
2: you zoom in there.
1: Yeah, there's a couple like artifacts in there. So you'll have to go through. Now, the other thing you can do is go ahead and click on either vector, it doesn't matter. And hit N on the keyboard. This is a Nancy, okay. Now you can see one thing it does is it creates a crazy amount of node points. Um, now keep in mind, every node point you see on the screen is a line of G code. So there is a massive amount of G-code here to make this happen, and it's gonna really slow down the machine when it's trying to run this. So what I would do is go ahead and go to um, perfect vectors icon, and then I would leave the tolerance at, yeah, 10 thousandths is fine. Keep sharp corners. Do replace selected vectors and leave it set to circular arcs. Click preview. Um, you know what, since this is so big, make the tolerance, um, 0.06 and that's a 16th of an inch. There you go. Okay. So now click OK. Now go ahead and delete the outside vector again.
0: Ah, interesting. So we're just going to copy this one. Yeah, copy
1: that one because it's, it's changed the shape slightly. So you're already at outwards. There we go. Now go ahead and select the outside vector and do N again. And just to see what the, did it create? Yeah, perfect. So now you've got a a pretty clean um, outline with not a ton of node points, not a ton of excessive node points. And you've got a gap of about 0.3 inches, which is um, whether you do an epoxy pour or a wood inlay on a board that size, it's really gonna pop. It's gonna, you're gonna have a defining line there. And maybe what you do is you can get a, a cool font and put the letter C T in the center or something like that if you wanted to, just to go a little extra. There's an artifact on the bottom still. You might want to get that. It's bothering me. Um okay. So yeah, now you've got a really cool outline that you can do something with without a lot of erroneous vectors and stuff, and and the shape is pretty cool. So yeah, you could V carve inlay like that, you could epoxy pour it. Um Those are really, you could do a paint, but then you have to fill it with clear epoxy. So you got really three options um, if you want to do something that's CNC related.
2: Now, is this something you would do every time you were to import a black and white photo off of the internet? Is this something you'd clean up consistently like yeah, So
1: every time I bring in a black and white image, like say I was going to do the Chevy logo, I, I do that a lot during classes. I teach people how to use that logo. Um, you bring it in and you do an image trace using vector Vetric. and the the very first thing I do is I look at the vectors it created. I hit n for node editing, and I look and see is it is it a clean uh, import? Um, did it do a clean trace? Is there a ton of excess um, uh, vectors? Now, for instance, if you do something like a Chevy logo, it's a lot of straight lines. And when they're straight lines, what I expect to see is, On every line, every straight line, I only expect to see two node points, one at the start, one at the end of that particular line. A lot of times when you do an image trace, though, you'll see like 10 node points for a straight line. It'll just put erroneous things in there. Sometimes I'll do the same thing. I'll do uh, curve, um, fit vector, and I'll change the tolerance, and that'll get rid of some of them. Um, but I wouldn't use circular arcs. I would use Bezier if you're going to do that because you the point is, is to have only endpoints on that. Um, sometimes you have to go in and manually edit out nodes. You don't want, especially, oh, God, yeah. especially on straight lines. So like in this case where we did an offset inward and outward, I would have taken like, this is cool because there's a lot of detail to this, but if this was a straight line, you know, a uh, version of Connecticut, like the shape of Connecticut, if it had more straight lines, I would have gone in there and I would have I would have edited out or deleted node points so that I don't have anything interrupting the start and end of my node. Um, my node, everything is nice and straight lines. It takes a little while. There's no no doubt about it. it, it uh, but then you would offset that vector after it's cleaned up and it'll stay clean. Um, it just depends on what you're trying to do. You know this particular image that you used had a lot of like curves and stuff to it, so it looks kind of cool. So I wouldn't, I I wouldn't dress this one up too too much. Um, we, we just eliminated probably, you know, two thirds of the unnecessary node points, so it's gonna machine a lot faster now.
0: Yeah, what you're doing there is making it more efficient for the machine. I've I've done some traces in the past where I brought it in and it looks okay to the naked eye but when you really zoom in there if you use your your scroll bar and zoom in to a certain line there's squiggles it crosses back in on itself it really depends on the image and it depends on the quality of the the trace that you're using i've had great success with the vetric with the built-in tracer um i've also had some programs that trace it that come out absolutely awful
1: right and and the thing is is you there are settings on the image trace that you can play with too um, there's a smoothing, you know, where you can, you can, uh, corner fit. There's a couple things you can choose there. And by moving those sliders around, you're going to get a little bit different, um, uh, end result.
0: Yeah. You, you can, know. you can clean it up, but the best thing to do is get a clean, sharp, clear image. The sharpest, the black and white is always the best. You can't do a color trace, but the sharper you can get that image, the less pixelated it is, the better you're going to get a trace.
1: Now, I, do you still have the image on the screen? Go up the layers, layers right there. No, nope. Right there. Uh, bit my player. Okay. I don't know where it is. It says it's on, but, um, you must've deleted it. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, so yeah, there, there are other ways of doing, um, you know, an image trace too. You, you don't have to use the actual trace feature in Vetric. You could draw straight lines uh, at, at external points all the way around the perimeter and then go to note editing. And then each straight point, you can hit N. Um, um, go to note editing by hitting N. At each straight point, hit B for Bezier. And then it'll give you these two extra lines. And what you do is you zoom in and you can use those two lines to manipulate that curve to match the image below it.
0: So you're doing it by hand. You're doing yeah, a it a lot of
1: times, yeah. And so depending on what it is, sometimes I, I have better luck. Um, you know, I've done some shooting signs and stuff that I've, I've had a nightmare with image trace and the amount. Of, so I hit image trace, boom, it's done in two seconds. Then I got to spend an hour note editing to get the result I want, or I could just start with straight lines, c- click around the perimeter. Every time there's a change, like from one direction to another, or an inside curve to an outside, you put a point there and then go ahead and hit B for Bezier and then just bend those curves to fit. And I, I, have a lot better. I mean, it'll actually, it sounds like a lot of work, but it, in some, some designs, it takes a lot less time to do that. Um, uh, then you have more control over with the final, you also have a lot of control over how many node points you're using. Um, so yeah, I, it just, it's dependent upon the image that you're trying to trace. Um, and, and that's how, you know, how I would do it. We, we should do a follow Uh, we'll do an image trace, um, podcast episode with a video uh, one of these good idea and yeah we use
0: that more often than you would think i mean just to do simple things
1: well whenever i teach classes you know you're trying to get somebody hooked on this concept of having a cnc router instantly and i always get people say i don't know i'm not an artsy person i don't have i don't know how to design anything and frankly i'm not an artsy person either um i'm more of a replicator so if i see something i like I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And then, Oh, this is cool. And I can figure out how to kind of merge the two concepts together, make some changes so that it's custom to me and I'm not directly copying anybody. So a lot of times, first thing I do with anybody is I'll bring in a logo. I'll ask what's your favorite car or whatever. And then I'll pick a logo off Google. I'll bring it in, do a quick image trace and then do a pocket or, or, um, a profile cut or something on that and just show people with the simulation on the screen. Like, look, Literally, I didn't design anything. The software did all the work. Um, now, in, in, you know, in, in less than five minutes, you, you could replicate whatever that thing is. Now, I always do that first to get everybody's attention. And then I preface, you know, I'm not telling you to go on Etsy or Pinterest and, and just steal everything you can find and, and replicate it because that's not cool. But you can get a concept down and then build on it from there. Um, I'll do some shooting signs where like the one in my office, it says, uh, group therapy. So that was a target, which was simple. It was a bunch of circles. I didn't have to copy that from anybody, but then I wanted like bullet holes that I wanted V carved. So I went in, I just did a, a search for bullet hole clip art. And I found a couple different ones that looked cool. I image traced them or I manually traced them. I don't remember. Um, and I just, I modified them to fit the design I had, but I took the concept from something else that I saw that was, that just looked cool. Some people like I, I have, um, a, a good friend, David, he, uh, this guy's insane. I, I used to work at, with him in a magazine. I mean, I, he just, from a blank piece of paper comes up with the coolest stuff. Like I, I just, I would kill to, to be able to do that, to have that much creativity. Um, but I can reverse engineer. And I can come up with things that I want. And that tends to be what I teach when we do a class. Um, now, the other Cornell board you're using, you're using the Connecticut State Seal. Yep. Now, when we first sat down, it looked horrible um, what you had. So my guess was you image trace that as well from probably a color image or maybe a grayscale that wasn't it was a
2: grayscale. Yeah, OK,
1: yeah. so. That's why that image had so many artifacts and so many funky lines and stuff like that. Grayscale image tracing in Vetric is, is an art. It, you have to really play with the settings. Um, black and white is, is just that it's, it's very black and white. It's, it's either a line or not a line grayscales up for interpretation based on how you have your settings set up on the image trace feature and, and what you're going to get. So we, we looked at his, um, his image trace that he had, and it was, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to say it was unusable. I mean, if I took an hour and a half, I could probably have cleaned it up enough to make it usable.
0: But yeah, it was unusable the way it was. The way it was, sure. yeah. There were crossing vectors. There were open vectors everywhere. We, we would have had to have done some serious work in
1: there. So what we ended up doing was, um, we just did a search for uh, in Google for Connecticut state seal DXF, and that brought us to a link to Etsy. Um, When we got to Etsy, there was a couple designs that used the Connecticut State seal. You were able to get the uh, SVG file for $2.99. So we just bought that. So Bobby now has um,
2: $3 less. (laughs)
1: $247.
0: We're keeping track.
1: Yeah. So, but now you have, you know, somebody took the time to make a really clean, um, vector file of the Connecticut seal. And I wish
0: we almost left this side by side. So you can see the difference with the, even the letters here are nice and clean. Yeah. It's a, it's a very clean vector. Whoever did this did a really good job.
1: Yeah. So now, now you're, you're, you're starting from something that, you know, is clean and and you, you can use that. Now the next question on this one, this one's a lot more complicated. Um, there's a lot of detail in this thing. And, uh, you know, if you zoom in to the vines, um, I'm assuming those are grapevines, yep, why for Connecticut? I've been here all my life what the what the heck do we have grapevines for I mean I know there's vineyards around my history teachers we have gonna the kick Connecticut my butt, wine but.
2: trail all through here. Yeah, but
1: Connecticut's not known for wine.
2: Oh, I know, all the wine is horrible for the most part.
1: Yeah, I just, I mean, I know <laughs> there's vineyards around here, but I didn't, it's not something like, oh, let's go to Connecticut, it's a great wine. We're,
0: we'll be back next week with the answer for that one.
1: We're an Indian <laughs> casino state. <laughs> that's what we're known for, two massive casinos. Um, okay, I'm going to have to look that up because I'm really curious now. They call it the Nutmeg State, but that's not nutmeg. That I don't, I don't know. Okay, well, whatever. I'm going to put a call into the governor and get an answer this is really bugging me um they're really intricate so you could you're gonna have to use probably like a 20 degree V bit you're gonna need to use something very very pointed and with it's high very sight. tight yeah because it's very tight if you try doing this with like a 90 degree you're not going to get any detail at all even a 45 is going to make it difficult so you're you're gonna want to pop in you know a 15 or a 20 degree v bit and and V carve this, so you could do the same thing. And this is what I suggest you guys do next week while I'm not here: is take this. I would work on this one, not the Connecticut outline. I would do this one, and play with a V carve inlay with a V carve plug, and see because that is one way that you can get some incredible detail. Um, one of our customers uh, makes cutting boards; they're insane and with so much detail. And that's how he's doing it. So it's possible. Um, you could epoxy fill this as well, but again, you're going to have some grooves that are so shallow that a bubble in the epoxy could be bigger than the actual depth of the groove that you're going to want the epoxy to be in. So just something to keep in mind. Like this, this is one I would have probably opted for lasering if I didn't have any other choice, but because the size is pretty good, click on the outside circle on a, on, of the, yeah, and you're at uh, it's oh, a 15 inch diameter, so it's a pretty big emblem. So you know, my guess is that a V carve inlay is going to be really cool for that. You know, you figure out the recipe for making the plug and the uh, pocket using V carve.
0: Yeah, and we can clean these grapes, so we don't need all the inside. Yeah, grape zoom in. zoom
2: no, into those them. grapevines. Uh, just out of curiosity what's the distance between like the little half moon d shape whatever you want to call it um what is the distance
1: well i mean from one to the next you're probably less than a sixteenth of an inch
2: yeah that's what i was curious Yeah, you're not gonna dive in that that deep but i was just curious you
1: can't do a random pocket the only way you're gonna get any detail out of this is if you use a very fine point
0: we would get rid of like these uh the, the small d vectors in here that are barely anything when it's all said and
2: done it, it's not right? gonna i don't think it's gonna hurt anything at the I, at the end of the day
1: i think if you're using a fine enough v carve bit or v bit on the machine that you'll get the detail when you do the plug i i think you will um yeah i think you would okay. I, I think you should try it and yeah, what
0: we'll do know. is we'll, we'll run just the seal first and we'll see what it looks like yeah i mean if you could can get do, the plugs and
1: you could do the whole seal or or you could just draw a square around it and then cut everything out so like do like a third, like if you were to cut a line down the center and then across and just do one quarter of it as a sample, because whatever you do on the sample, like I would do the bottom left or right quarter because you've got two different texts in there and you'll catch some of that vine too. So you'll be able to see, but rather than, you know, waste the time and because to V-carve that's going to take some time and and then you're going to have to find, you know, some contrasting wood to use for a plug just do it out of a small scrap first and and see if you get the recipe right before you go uh you know doing something that large but in the end i think the uh, the it'll look really cool when it's done you know if you do the uh the board like um if you leave the board like birch a color and then you do like a mahogany or a walnut or something inlay that would look pretty cool um so that's my suggestion for that but yeah, when you start getting into detail, you you have to really think about what is it you're looking at for your outcome. Do you want it inlaid? Do you want wood inlay or do you want a color inlay? Um, you know, I I know Matt from Tools Today did a video um, several months back where he used uh, crayons. crayons to do an inlay, which I thought was kind of cool. was a
0: pretty cool video.
1: Um, so there are different ways of of doing it, but on the cornhole board, the most important thing is that the entire surface needs to be smooth like glass. So you you can't just pocket it out and paint it because you'll have ridges. So you could do that, but then you'd have to just fill it with clear epoxy and then polish it and it'd be fine. So that, that'll give you yet a different look because the paint will be down deep and then you're putting clear on it. So it's, it's going to have a different effect on it. Um, but the, how
0: would you ever ensure that that clear was level? I don't know if you'd be able to to ever get that.
1: Yeah, you would, you just pour it until you see it kind of seep over the top. You're, I mean, it's clear, but it's mm. obvious. It's not invisible.
0: You'll One thing see we it. talked about originally was putting a piece of acrylic. So doing everything, just V-carving, doing with some, some depth to it, and then putting a piece of acrylic on top.
1: Yeah, you could do that too. That's Personally, idea.
0: I think that would look a little cheesy. I don't think it would look as nice. I think you'd be that'd be more of like a – because when you add plastic to a piece of wood, it kind of gives it a cheaper feel.
1: Yeah, if you're doing – if we were not a cnc podcast and we were a printing podcast it would be easy cuz we oh, would just idea. we would just do a full color print um with a clear um a clear film over it and then put that on there and you'd be done um but trying to keep with a cnc concept on this um i'd want to stay away from you know using printed stuff and
0: well, you can find, I mean, you can, there's a dime a dozen of printed cornhole boards out there, but you don't see too many custom inlay type stuff. I think that's where you might be able to uh, to carve out a niche. And what's cool about this, I mean, you, you want to start with the state of Connecticut, but you now you have 50 states to choose from, right? Well, if you did get someone from Mass... It-
2: after all the legwork you see with this, it might just be a
0: Connecticut-specific
2: cornhole board. But it's wow. not much Moving different. Forward. Once
0: you get the process down to design the vectors, it, it's not much more work to do the same exact thing, but just change the the seal there.
2: Right.
1: Bobby's business will be a Connecticut cornhole boards R Us, and that's it. Ooh, I
0: like that. Just Connecticut cornhole.
1: So only once every person in Connecticut has bought a cornhole board, his business has to close.
2: Thanks, mom. <laughs>
1: yeah. or you just have to wait until more people are born
2: now, after this is cut, just because you know material a lot more than I do um would you use a oil based or a water based polyurethane uh oil-based. to really i would use oil wouldn't is that gonna feed in with a like a rich amber color at the end of it
1: well, no, it'd be clear i mean you're gonna use, you're talking about polyurethanes so yes. you're gonna use an oil based stain and then I would use an oil based um okay. polyurethane over the top of it you're going to need several coats Oh yeah, because then you're going to want to, you're going to want to sand between coats to keep it smooth. And after you have enough buildup on there, then you could literally take like a polishing, uh, like a car polisher and polish it up. So it's nice. And
0: I think the more we talk about this, the more Bobby is realizing how much, um, he should have just made coasters. In. Yeah. yeah. I really yeah. should have done coasters.
2: Should have
1: done Connecticut coasters. That would have been a lot easier. <laughs> so maybe next week's podcast, it'll be like, we shrunk the cornhole boards. Maybe that's what you do. There's an idea. Let's make cornhole boards for conference tables. Just scale the whole thing down. Hmm. Then you could sit here at the end of the conference table and get little little bean bags. Like when you play
2: you paper just, football. Yeah, just throw.
0: <laughs> I think that'd be more work than it would save because you still have to you'd have to do all the finishing, you'd have to do all the V carving and the more you shrink the harder it's going to be to do the inlays, to do the V carving. I think the bigger it know. is the easier it's going to be. It's going to be more more physical work, but
1: yeah, I don't know, but if you screw up, you could screw up like eighteen of the small desktop ones versus one
0: mini cornhole boards. What do you think, Bobby? I don't know. I think it's you should, actually pretty interesting.
1: I think you should Google that because I'm not <laughs> sure if that exists or not. But that'll make our meetings a lot more interesting. Yeah. You know, like if, in order to like have an opinion, you have to you have to make a <laughs> score. Otherwise, you have to keep quiet.
0: That we know how to shut you up for a little bit. Yeah,
1: I, w- I suck at it, so it would be it would be great. But, um, yeah, I, I would – I don't know. It's just another idea. But, yeah, Bobby's going to go home tonight going, I should have done a coaster. I should have done a coaster. Um,
0: There's always – I mean, once you have the vectors, there's always room just to change your, your original plan. You I You
1: could change I mean, Greg changed his plan 14 times before we even had the first episode. I
2: mean, we started with 3D soap.
1: That's true. 3D <laughs> soap was, yeah. Still
0: and in then, my back
2: pocket. Yeah. yeah. So, I want to see how this cuts out, uh, on like a smaller scale on like a, say our 700, just see how it turns out.
1: Okay. So I'm going to go away next week. And then when I get back, I'm going to, uh, I'll just check Instagram. I'll see the samples you post. No, yeah. I'm not going to. That's a lie. <laughs> Cause I don't want to check my phone at all next week. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I think it'd be cool. I think if this seems overwhelming, and that's the thing with any business, right? Business is all about pivoting. It's it's all about, I got an idea. I think it's great. And then you kind of pursue that idea. And then you do some research or you stumble onto something online or you come across some people that, and then you pitch them the idea and then they tell you, oh, well, yeah, what about this guy down the road who makes the same exact thing you want? And you're like, well, wait a second now. And then you start really diving in because you can't possibly research everything there is to know. And you, you know, things show up all the time. So being able to pivot and say, okay, maybe this project's a little more than I want to take on. Maybe I don't have this space to do it. Maybe, you know, as much as you might want one for yourself. And that's the other common thing. A lot of times when people are making projects huh? like mine, I need, I want a knife case. So I'm building one. And, but I did the research and I see what's out there. And I think I can fill a niche. And if I don't sell any, okay, I I invested $250 into my knife case, which would have cost me $380 if I bought one already made on Etsy. So I I'm saving money, even if I don't make a sale. But my concept's a little different because I'm going through the how I'm doing it. That's that's what I'm getting out of it. I'm getting the being able to show and illustrate how I'm doing it, how I'm using one machine to replicate many machines. Your concept with the dog or the pet memorial, I think, is by far the best in terms of something that could be easily built into a sustainable business, without a doubt. The cornhole board market, just from doing a quick search a minute ago, is pretty thin. There's a a lot of cornhole boards out there. Anybody that has a table saw and some plywood is making cornhole boards. So, and then you go to uh, Walmart and Home Depot and Lowe's and they're for sale all over oh, yeah. the place. Yeah, they're
0: everywhere. But custom ones, maybe that's where you you fit in.
1: Right. So you can do the custom ones, but you or the you could, you know, branch off to that. Maybe maybe tonight you're gonna do some research on desktop cornhole boards, and they don't exist. And you're like, hey, I'm gonna carve a market. And now you've got a project that you would only be able to do on a four by eight foot machine that you could literally do on a desktop machine. Now, right. So. This is my point of being able to pivot.
0: Yeah, no, and this is kind of cool. This is you see that that evolution and that change in your idea. You can have the best idea in the entire world, but it's it's going to change. It's going to evolve as you figure out the market and everything. And yeah. how many times have you had a business idea that you started with and finished with?
1: Yeah, well, I've had concepts that I started and finished with, but they how the how yeah. changed a lot. Um, you know, my first business was a car audio custom car audio company and um this was before like well remember circuit city i mean a long time ago Ooh. this was even before them so um there was no cars were a lot simpler so there was a market for car audio back then and doing custom work and i i went to school learned how to do leather and fiberglass and all kinds of fabrication and that was a pretty good business. And I remember two years into it, we were doing really, really well. Um, had people working for me. Um, we were doing everything from Pintos to Ferraris. Like it was, it was cool. And I remember going, well, I'm gonna do this the rest of my life. And then what happened? Like, look at a vehicle now that has the radio integrated completely into the dash with a couple screws, and you know, put a new one in. So that market for that custom audio stuff, which that was essentially the name of my business, custom audio, they, it shrunk so much um, that yeah, if, if I stuck to that, I don't, unless I was prepared to evolve as technology and the industries changed, I would have been out of business. So I sold my business to my partner long before that was ever an issue, and which was a smart decision. Um, you know, we had another business that, uh, rcuniverse.com, which still exists today, but this, this was a a radio control forum site that we started, um, back way before Facebook and Twitter, right? So if you wanted to fly model airplanes or helicopters or whatever, and you wanted to meet other like-minded people, this was the website to go to, uh, you know, we had half million subscribers, um, we got out of it. Uh, shortly after we sold it shortly after facebook started and i'm glad we did because the website's kind of more or less a a ghost town and and, you know you've got some old timers that like the forum concept versus the facebook group concept but facebook made it so like they integrated all that forum stuff right into groups so it's it's i don't know had we not gotten out we would have had to pivot and I don't know that I wanted to compete with Facebook. So you have to just keep your mind open. That's
0: why, you know, something like this. It, yeah, you, if it evolves into something that there's a, yeah, a need for, you got some, go for it.
1: Yeah, you have something in mind. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make you any less of a business person or it doesn't make you wishy-washy as long as you're moving in a direction to something you believe in and you can commit to it. And, and then again, like when we talked about Greg's last week, you know, Imagine that you get a lot of orders. Can you, is it sustainable? Can you, can you make them? What do you, are you going to have to hire five people just to fill orders? Or is it something that you could, you know, run, um, you know, batches of, uh, at a machine, you know, and in your garage a couple nights a week and have them ready to go. So you got to keep that in mind. And that, that's the whole exercise here is, is, is this going to be, you know, we're all trying to make a business out of a product. And you don't want your worst case scenario to be, what if I sell a lot? Like that should be your best case scenario. Not for some your worst reason,
0: case. nobody ever believes that at first. Nobody ever goes in thinking, I'm going to be too overwhelmed. It's, you know, you're so thankful that you got your first sale. I don't know why that is. The human psyche is never plans for for the good.
1: Well, it's interesting because I'm I've been going through that over the last six, eight months with uh, my son with his business, so it's kind of cool for me because I haven't started a new business in a long time. So I remember when I started um, StepCraft here in the states, that you know I, I was doing it for a week or two and uh, no sales, and and then I started thinking, I'm like, why don't I get any sales? I mean, I put a website up, isn't that the way it works? You put a website up and then just cash starts coming piling in, and it took a couple of strategic moves to get the ball rolling there. And then, you know, in the beginning, you make your first couple sales and then you start to worry, well, what if I don't get any more? And, and then it just kind of snowballs and, and into something that, you know, I, I, I don't know if you asked me then if we would be where we are now, I would be like, you're crazy. Um,
0: and we still remember the days where we were happy to get a couple sales a week. I mean, that was extraordinary
1: yeah and now you know you're 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 doing that much before lunch um so it's it's different and you know my son's business is the same thing he's going through the same thing he 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 starts and he gets one job and he finishes it and he gets nervous what if i don't get another one when's the next one going to come i'm like man we haven't even you haven't even done any marketing you haven't done anything yet so nobody even knows you're in business Um, just word of mouth can keep you busy. And then once you start opening the floodgates of marketing, you know, it's, so it's kind of cool. It's exciting to do that. Um, it's when you dump a lot of money into marketing and you're doing everything you possibly can to sell your product and move your business forward. And you're not making any sales. Then you really got to take a look at, am I making this as a hobby because it's something I like, or is there an actual need in the marketplace for what I'm doing? And I wonder I,
0: if the the downtrend in today's market that's been going on for the past couple of weeks is going to affect this at all. If people are going to have, you know, what do, what do they call it, the distinguishable money or uh, whatever that they can pay for things that they don't really need.
1: Distinguishable.
0: Money. I don't. <laughs> I forget the word for it.
1: Wow! So your money's on fire, <laughs> and you got to distinguish it.
0: What's it called? Um, uh, the discretional income? Indiscretional.
2: In discretion, yeah, discretion.
1: Discretional income, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I went dis- distinguishable. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was just make up stuff. Um yeah. It, somehow you knew what I meant though. I knew exactly what I I knew going. where you were going. It took me a second like, to make think up of the your word. word. Your own phrases. <laughs> um I think it's yeah, it, it's it's certainly a possibility. Um what excites me about what we do and that's why we're doing this podcast and everything is if you start to get nervous because the economy starts to take a downturn, you might want to move towards having a side business, right? It's always comfortable to have your main job and then a little side hustle that you're running that, you know, can grow into something. Now, you, you know, I mean, I guess if the whole market crashed, maybe everybody like right now, you can't find baby formula anywhere. Like there's some weird stuff going on in the world right now that doesn't make any sense. But people that we talk to are still excited about buying a machine and getting started, whether it's a business or they have a specific need for it. So I know a lot of people who are in business right now and um, nobody's really told me that they they're scared or they're nervous yet. Uh, but everything is cyclical. It takes time. So, you know, who knows? Um, I live by, uh, you know, plan for the worst, hope for the best. And that way you're never blindsided. So, yeah, in this, you know, would somebody maybe, uh, you know, summers come in and you don't have money to go on vacation and you want to have something to do at your house? Would you go out and buy a cornhole board to have some fun or, you know, get some buddies over every night? Sure. Would I go to Walmart and buy one for like, you know, a set for a hundred bucks? No. versus versus paying somebody for five hundred dollars for a custom set. Well, now I, I have to really look at that.
2: You Gotta know? go with the custom set. Yeah,
1: of course. I mean, kids don't need to eat, and you don't need to pay the mortgage, so you know. Obviously, or-
2: sell
0: me this pen. Yeah, sell me, sell this, me pen. this pen.
2: Fantastic Blue Point. Yeah, see. <laughs> Partially broken tip yeah. clip. Yeah, I don't right. know what that would be called. <laughs> and then it's like
1: here. I want to write you a check. Do you have a pen? And then you hand them. You do you know that from Wolf of Wall Street?
0: No, I oh, never Bobby. watched. That. Oh, he's, he's playing along
1: I and tried. didn't even know what you were talking
2: about.
0: Next week episode, we're going to watch The Wolf of Wall Street oh, together. Tell me one. a
2: pin is a very common term. No, nah, in
1: The Wolf of Wall Street, there's a whole there's a whole thing about it.
2: Yeah, no, that, never watched it. Oh yeah, I've, I think Greg and I
1: have probably seen that movie what a dozen times.
2: Uh,
0: every time it's on cable TV, yeah, that's a good movie. And yeah. every time it's not on cable TV, I put it in. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, we're we're veering from V carve here, but um, you know it's interesting how things kind of play out. I mean, originally we were sitting here at table, and I was thinking, okay, these guys, uh, Bobby's not prepared with his project, maybe we shouldn't record. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it anyway, and let's see what comes of it. Because I I keep going back to the original concept we had when we started this kind of series was the it's not just about the the project or just about the cnc machine it's about, about the, the mindset, the process and and you know the ying and the yang of the whole yeah. thing and so yeah and as it turns out i mean we're talking about real things these are real you know real issues um
0: and yeah, we're not going to try to hide stuff from you because we don't know how to do something we're going to go through the entire process and, and see what are some challenges what are some ups and downs and yeah. Hopefully next week we'll have some stuff cut and we don't burn down the place when Eric's not here. Yeah, that'd be good. Um and we'll um, go from there.
1: But I think uh yeah, we'll we'll see what you guys come up with for an inlay on that. And then next week, well, when I get back the week after, we're gonna start I think we're all gonna start making um the projects. Yours is ready, mine is almost ready. I just have to make the vacuum fixtures and then I can get get going on that. Bobby's gonna change his idea a couple times, so who knows? Maybe he'll be a uh, CNC and toothpicks with the fourth axis uh, by the time we get down. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 keep this this process going, and uh, we may do some fillers in too. I know last week Greg and I did a filler because Bobby wasn't here. We talked about uh, what to expect when you're expecting a CNC. What'd you think of my little stork icon? <laughs> <laughs>
0: We try. Yeah, we try.
1: I'm not a graphic guy. You could definitely tell when you looked at that cover. But, um, yeah, we try to mix it up, and uh, we, we are uh, looking at feedback that we're getting and questions that are being asked and trying to kind of um, divert things into making sure we're covering all that. But if you guys have any uh, questions, comments, whatever, please let us know on uh, what we're doing here. If you got any ideas for any of us on our projects or You know, some thoughts on uh, Bobby's project here, please let us know that as well. But uh, I think, yeah, we pretty much used up some time and we appreciate everybody uh, coming along on this ride with us. And uh, we'll look forward to getting the next podcast out for you next week.
0: Till next week. Thank
1: you. All right, everybody. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to the Think It, Make It podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more great CNC router content.